back for another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Jenke, and I am joined by Corey Litton. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. See, you're uh, still on the mend, and you're about ready to kick that boot off. Close. Oh, I'm so close, and I cannot <laughs> wait. How many days you got left in that thing? Two days. It comes off Thursday. Well, by next week, uh, yeah, we should be, should be ready to do some uh, leg wrestling or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh man, I ca- it can't come soon enough. I can tell you that much right now. Oh, it's been a long road. Ten weeks today since I ruptured this thing. Wow, that, that, that's that's crazy. It's gross, is what it is. <laughs> it's gross. So we got some racing action to talk about. We are going to cover everything that happened from Wednesday, September the fourteenth, all the way through. Uh, was it Friday or Saturday? Actually, we went uh, Tuesday. I just kind of I'm covering uh, two of them separate because oh. basically, you know, we had some local stuff around the area, but we also had the Wasota 100. So I'm going to cover that one in its own inv- event entirety. Oh, so we're going from September 14th all the way to the 19th. Pretty much, yeah. Get, getting crazy today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, one of my more ambitious runs, trying to get seven races in in six days. I mean, it's not the 20, 20 straight days or whatever, or 23 straight days that I did that one year, a few years back. But, yeah, it's still ambitious and very exhausting. All right. But well, it's very fun. Yeah, I bet it is. Well, let's just get started then. Wednesday, September 14th, Big Iron Dakota Cat Mod Shootout at the Red River Valley Speedway in West Fargo. For the first time and I think the 43th, 42 or 43 years or whatever that they've had big iron out there we we had a race during big so iron, cool which uh i know we've been pushing for since uh, the track opened back up in 2016 we always wanted to try to you know combine the two uh bring our crowd into their crowd and and vice versa and uh, it was nice to have a lot of the kfgo personalities sitting in the uh, audience as well they looked like they had a good old time sitting down front so it was uh it was a, it was a good one out there uh, Trevor Service, he started fourth and quickly ended up in the lead, uh, which he uh, held to the finish in the race saver sprint cars. The next, the cheetah Rob Van Mill started in the back half of the stock car field and came home with the wind. Uh, Hollywood Ty Wilkie, he started in 11th and took the win in his final Legends race at the Red River Valley Speedway. Yeah, the car's already sold, so uh, he's he's just finishing <laughs> he's finishing out the season and moving on up uh, to just running the sprint cars now uh, full time next year. Uh, there was a scary moment about two thirds of the way through in the race. Uh, in the race, uh, when Evan Henriksen had a steering failure, causing his car to just pound the wall hard. Ouch! And coming out of corner number four, Henriksen's car came to a stop uh, in the front straightaway that collected Alex Clark, and Clark just launched off of him. That oh. resulting hit uh, sent Clark's car into the air. He flipped uh, flipped over one complete time, four points wow. uh, is what he scored Ooh. in the rollover contest. He was uh, was injured, but he will be okay. He has a broken wrist, uh, but he made $564 in the rollover fund. Okay. Um, which, have I described that? Yeah. Yet? Okay, yeah, yeah. You've talked about yeah. it before. I mean, if you want to quickly describe it again. but Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got insurance that covers the driver, not the car. So we, we like to see you know, if people want to donate mm-hmm. to um, get uh, money into the rollover fund to, to give to the driver to kind of help the expenses of the of the, the accident out there. and. Usually it's kids that come up and donate, and I just give them the microphone and let them say their name into it. And 
Yeah. Uh, a lot of times they get a lot of weird names coming through there because I don't. I think those are aliases. <laughs> I think they're lying to me. Not giving <laughs> but, uh, you my real name. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's kids, kids in a microphone thinking this is their only chance <laughs> at something. So they're they're going to do something silly. Which I was one of those one of those you know kids too. So big surprise, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he ended up making more money than what we gave away in the fifty fifty raffle too. Oh, so wow. he, he did pretty good out there with that one. But um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, ended up with a broken wrist. Sure. So that's going to end his season. Um, I think they're pretty much done anyways. He's only 12. But uh, I don't think they were going to be going to the big specials after that. But uh, then it was uh, track champion Dave Shipley. He took the honors in the modifieds for the Dakota Cat Mod shootout, which is very convenient considering he was sponsored by Dakota Cat. So great job there by Dave Shipley. That's the second time he's won that event, too. So that was uh, that's pretty awesome of him. Yeah, congratulations. All right. All right. Saturday, September 18th, Buffalo River Speedway Enduro in Glendon, Minnesota. Well, the afternoon started out with the small engine class, uh, which had Cody Erickson looking like he was going to lead and win the whole thing. Um, and actually, it, w- it should have been a one of those things where uh, we could credit the wife with this one too, because she was sitting shotgun. <laughs> um, they put a put a, a race seat in the passenger seat, and Cody Erickson uh, put his marriage to the test and had her sit side by side with him. Is that? Can you do that? I believe so i mean uh, i'm not uh, like i said this is my first time ever calling an enduro race so yeah. i don't know what the rules are <laughs> i barely knew the concept um i, I know it was we i know it used to be called light, legalized automobile destruction because you could do whatever you wanted to you could wipe out uh, wipe out the other drivers whatever you want door them hit them wow, as hard as you like want days of thunder style uh, yeah pretty much um but yeah it was a 35 lap race with a 10 minute break and then another 35 laps going the opposite direction for the small engine ones okay so this was your your front wheel drive four cylinder cars or there was a chevy blazer in there sure um <laughs> so it, basically anything under a v8 wow but uh cody erickson ended up uh overheating late in the race that ended his night tyson johnson then assumed the lead eventually got the win over blaine aboa and koi aboa uh, then on to the large engine class, Robert Grimley took the win over uh, over uh, uh, Kane Fisher and Ben Purrington, uh, which that was those were the the big V8s, and it was interesting seeing that you'd see cars with straight pipes coming out. Okay, <laughs> that, that was pretty interesting. Uh, they were they were real loud, and it was awesome. Uh, but uh, for my first experience in doing this, and that was a two hundred lapper, so there's a hundred laps, take a break, hundred laps after okay. that. And in enduro, for those who don't know, that's just, that's a, just a really long race. Just last, you got to yeah. make it all the way to the end. Endurance, yeah. enduro, endurance. Uh, yeah. They actually had like a there was a Soda Midwest modified that I know used to race up at Ada, that was uh, running in that class. Mm. Also, they just made the made the bumpers bigger so that yeah. you know you weren't going to actually hit the wheels if you were actually yep. going to going to you know trade some paint with that thing. And definitely did not have a B mod motor in it. It was uh, <laughs> it was beefed up a little bit. But it, yeah, it was real interesting, real fun, and it was, uh, it was, uh, we'll, and we'll talk more about this later. But as soon as that was done, mm-hmm. I hauled the mail all the way down <laughs> to Fergus Falls. I got there in probably thirty-five minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like sixty miles. No. But uh, I know I looked down and I, I realized I should probably slow down a little bit. <laughs> Never look at the speedometer. But, but no, cars no. were going by real fast, and as far as that, I mean, they were disappearing yeah. in my rearview mirror really fast. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, everybody stopped for? Yeah, it was. It felt like they were standing still. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that 
we'll talk more about that in the uh, in its entirety here when we uh, get to our Wasota 100 coverage coming up. Sure. All right. Sunday, September 19th, Buffalo River Speedway. Well, Rich Pavlicek, he drew the pole for the start of the Sport Mod feature, and that was all he needed to come home with a win over Scott and Kelly Jacobson. Uh, then it was Hollywood Ty Wilkie who made short work of the Legends Field to take the uh, win over Colin Compson and Dylan Johnson. Uh, Dexter DeVergston, he started on the pole and got his second straight lightning sprint win over uh, the Buffalo uh, at the Buffalo River Speedway with Kate Taves finishing in the second spot. I've been calling her Katie uh, Top Two lately. Yeah, because that's she always finishes in second. Sure, and, and it's it's incredible watching because she actually climbed up quite a ways to get up into the top two this time. So it was. Um, <sighs> But it's just she needs to pass one more car every week. Yeah, yeah, Alex Trushinsky, he ended up finishing in the third spot. Uh, The stock cars made their only appearance of this year, and it was the cheetah Rob Van Mill getting his second win of the week over Kelly Jacobson and Tim Gonska, uh, which uh, and that was a fantastic race, too. It it was nice to have those cars out there and finally be able to get them to race out there. I wish we could get them weekly out there, but it just it's not in the cards as of yet. Next, it was the short trackers, where it was Shannon uh, Shannon George who uh, drove up to, from the for the win from fourth over Kalen Honer and Gordon Hunter. All three of those cars are the uh, Fox Body Mustangs, you know, from the 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 five point oh, you know, yeah. from from, uh, from back in the early nineties, nice. late eighties, uh, which uh, we let them combine with the with the uh, Hornet classes, so mm-hmm. your front wheel drive Chevy Cavaliers and stuff. So it's it's interesting watching the. The two different driving styles go on right there. Hmm. Um, then it was Brandon Bombardo who started ninth and won the hobby stock feature. The first time he ever showed up this year at the Buffalo River Speedway over Andrea Jacobson and the Blackjack Express, Tim Church. Brandon Bombardo actually, you know, if it, he was just so happy to be there uh, while he was while he was getting signed in and everything. Yeah. He decided to throw an extra 30 bucks down and pay for the next person's pit pass. That really? So that was that was pretty nice of him. So I, I when I heard about that, I was not too upset with him winning. Yeah, I wasn't going to be anyways, but you know, <laughs> it's nice to have some uh, new people from outside of the area come in. And Brandon Bombardo came in and and took the win. Yeah, that's cool. That's neat. Neat thing to do. So the Wissota 100 at I 94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls. That was a bit of a marathon there. It was, and it there's some marathon days out there too. Uh, that started on Tuesday, September 13th, and went all the way to Saturday, September 18th. Technically, it went to Sunday the 19th because um, we ended at about four in the morning, mm. three four three thirty four in the morning, roughly. You went that late? Yeah. Um, well, we had a we had a couple of rain, days with rain delays. Oh, so that, okay. So we went sure. over a couple of days. Yeah. Um, the first uh, two champions of the Wasota 100 were crowned on Tuesday night. Uh, the first class on the track were the Hornets, which were dominated by Nathan Cole, who went over Justin Barnesness and David Wall. Next up, and this is one of my most favorite races of the year so far. I was thoroughly entertained by this one. Um, there are only five cars, but I've always said it. I've said it many times. You only need two to make a good race. Sure. Um, I've seen some races out at the old Weetown track where there's been like four or five cars, and it's been some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen in my life. Um of course, that track was crazy, and that's why I love it. But uh, next up, the Pure Stocks. Uh, Josh Berg started up front and took off into the lead, and it looked like he was going to run away with it uh, from what I, what I remember out there. Travis Hazelston, he started in the back of the five-car race, found himself up uh, challenging for the win with two laps to go. Hazelton and Berg made uh, a lot of contact going through turns one and two, and Hazelton ended up in the infield bringing out the caution, and mm. he was not happy about that. 
uh, argued with officials for a little bit of time and was kind of making it difficult. He was he kept trying to he was kept passing under caution okay. to go up to the lead, saying, "I this is my real spot." But uh, oh. he eventually went dead last again, and this time passed everybody to get up to the leader in one lap and caught the leader going into turn three on the last lap. Hazelton made more contact with Berg, causing Hazelton's right front tire to go flat. Berg won. Jake Smith ended up finishing in the second spot, and Hazelton, with a flat right front tire, still managed to make the last two corners to finish in third. <laughs> and and they, you know it, that's normally a practice night, but they run the Hornets and the in the pure stocks in the same night uh, it, to give them a night. You know, okay. Otherwise, we would have eight different classes to try to run throughout the whole week, and okay. and uh, it was. That everybody in the stands that sat there and waited for those two races were going crazy in the stands. It was great. <laughs> That's uh, cool. <laughs> we moved on to Wednesday night. Uh, uh, the first night of the qualifying features that were run out there. So the format is they would uh, take the top eight out of a qualifying feature. You run your heats. If you uh, won the heat and you got in the top 24 in passing points, you started in the A main. And that's a qualifying feature for the big show uh, the, later on in the week on, on the Saturday night. So they'd qualify one row. Mm-hmm. So the either the inside row, the middle row, or the outside row. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. They start three wide on the Saturday championship <laughs> race, which uh, is nuts. But uh, they the first night of qualifying features run on Wednesday with the street stocks starting at the night. National point leader Kyle Dykoff took the first qualifier over the redheaded rebel Scott Bintz and Hunter Van Gilder. And one of the things is you can opt out of your starting spot if you win. On the first night, you can opt out and try to maybe improve it or run all three nights of the qualifiers and score national points. Oh, okay. um, but if you take it, you got you're done until the Saturday event. Uh, Kyle Dykoff, looking at the way the weather was going, he took his starting spot. Okay, so he was so the rest of the weekend was filled with people trying to trying <laughs> trying to make it into the show and try to get points and it was it was very interesting that way in the street stocks especially uh in the midwest modified though after the street stock feature race the first night it was local hero travis sauer winning over michael truscott and randy loggy and the elite models came out next and chad becker was the winner over cole searing and danny bang 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 <laughs> um then it was uh, the super stocks where william lund gr- uh, grabbed the top spot over trevor nelson and dustin nelson no relation um Finishing off the night uh, was the Modifieds, where defending national champion Tyler Peterson was the winner over Shane Sabraski, the Ironman Shane Sabraski, and Johnny Broking. And then we moved on to Thursday, where day number three saw of the 100 saw a round of qualif- another round of qualifiers, as well as race and champions races. There's uh, uh, there's a a way a format that they have out there just to have another extra race and stuff. If you're, I think, a track champion, or they have a qualifier night where if you win the feature race the night of the uh, race of champions qualifiers they call it you are in the race of champions at the Wasota 100 okay and which is a nice way to you know throw throw some more money at the drivers and mm-hmm. give them give them another race and more more fun out there at the yeah. 100 uh the midwest modified street stocks and super stocks were the ones that got to have that one uh their their night for the race of champions um Taking the street stocks qualifier, though, was the Wolverine Justin Vogel over Kyle Jeanette of the Sasquatch Tim Johnson. Um, <laughs> Vogel, who is chasing Kyle Dykoff in national points, decided to give up a starting spot, though, and opt to try his luck uh, for the night and score more points sure. uh, the next day. Strategery. 
And uh, it did not work out in his favor, <laughs> but he put on quite the show. But more, We'll talk more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, Midwest Modifieds came out again next, and defending national champion, the Nightmare Lucas Rodin, was the winner over Nick Kaler and Travis Schulte. Then it was uh, late models up next, where the Iceman Jimmy Mars got the win over Sam Zender and Shane Edgington. Super Stocks, uh, they were out next, and Dexton Cook got the win over the Ironman Shane Sabraski and Diamond Dave Moss. Then it was the Modifieds that ended the night where uh, the Iceman Don Ishins won over Dave Kane and the Millennial Farmer Zach Johnson, making it two for two for people nicknamed the Iceman winning <laughs> in the same night. Uh, then it was the race of cha- three Race of Champions that came up after that. Uh, the Midwest Modifieds, uh, David Simpson got the win over Zach Benson and Justin Bjorkland. Then it was 15-year-old Ty Egan winning in the street stocks over Kyle Dykoff and Kyle Jeanette. Dykoff, again, he's... He is the top runner right now for national points. He's he's favored over pretty much everybody, um, and he's just had a, a great year. So that's a good win for a 15-year-old kid. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would say so. And the final rock race of the night went to the Ironman Shane Sabraski in the Super Stocks over Trevor Nelson and Doug Koski. Moving on to Friday, the final night of the qualifiers for Saturday's championship night were contested on Friday with the Mod 4 is going to be making their debut and the three rock races run as well. Braden Brower, he passed uh, 16 cars to win in the street st- in the street stock qualifier over the assassin Kyle Anderson. He passed 20 cars to get up to that spot. And Joey Tinker, who got in the top three with the weakest effort of the three of them, passing five <laughs> cars. That's still impressive with that field that they had out there. Then it was the Mod 4s where Dean Larson took the win over Tommy Bodden and Robert Holdquist. <laughs> And uh, you just saw that stat that I put in the script there. <laughs> if you take Tommy Bodden out of the uh, top three in this one, you still have 127 years of combined <laughs> age between Dean Larson and Robert Holdquist. Uh, Mike Nichols, whose previous day ended early after rolling down the back straightaway one and a half times for six points. He ended up in victory lane in the Midwest Modifieds. They rebuilt that car overnight. Um, they even had parts coming from Watertown that they had to go meet with somebody over in Wapenden or something wow. like that. And, and yeah, it was it was a, a great effort by the crew and many other crews as well that were uh, that joined in to help and get that car out there. And Mike Nichols is a heck of a driver, anyways. Young young fella that uh, um, he's he's good in that car. Uh, so he got the win over Cody the Cobra Lee and Reese Stenberg in the late models. It was the Ham Lake Hammer Don Shaw getting it done over Pat Dore and Bryce Sword. The Super Stocks were next, where Jim Gullickson, he got the win over Doug Koski and Austin Niemeyer. In the Modifieds, it was Justin Fremming who got the win over Lee Gross and Brady Gertis. Then it was uh, the Rock Races, where Dustin Holtquist got the win over Tommy Bodden and Chad Funt in the uh, Mod 4s. Then it was uh, probably one of the best races of the whole event. Uh, I think only six cars ended up making the end of this race because a lot of times in these Race of Champions races, it's more of like a test. Okay. If, you, if you're not going to have a chance to win it, um, a lot of people just go out there for a few laps, see how the car's working, yeah. and pull off. Yeah. And you know, Get, get some time behind the wheel. See don't how things don't are going. wreck anything. Sure. And, uh, but uh, Travis, uh, Travis Budislavich, Josh Korczewski, and Cole Searing put on an absolute show towards the end. Skorczewski only led about the last two feet, um, and he won by point, point .018 <laughs> over Travis Budislavich and point .148 over Cole Searing. And so fun. I uh, I had a thought of you during that moment because I just about jumped up in the air because I, I was in victory lane for that one. Yeah. Um, they brought me in to uh, work the Friday and Saturday uh, portions of the event, 
And I about jumped up in the air because I was, you know, pretty excited <laughs> watching the finish on that one. And then I realized, no, don't, don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't rupture your yeah. Achilles for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, so I, I didn't want both of us to be hurt for this uh, show. <laughs> sure, uh, but it was that was an awesome race, and that's going to go up there with uh, some of the race of the year candidates out there for me. Um, then it was the Ironman Shane Sabraski getting his 820th race of his career. In the modifieds over uh, Jody Belfile and Brandon Cop. Man, eight hundred and twenty. I don't know of anything I've ever done eight hundred and twenty <laughs> times. Other than wow. I don't know, sleep maybe. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. You've done that probably that many I, times. I'm pretty good at that. Um, some days. <laughs> uh, then we moved on to championship Saturday. The street stock started out the night, and it was a wild ending as the race cut the uh, rain cut the race short with four laps remaining. Uh, but there was a lot to unpack during this. So. Um, Braden Brower was able to get the win over Kyle Dykoff, who finished in second. The Wolverine, Justin Vogel, he started 27th and was contending for the win as the rain came down. But Greg Josie ended up hitting the wall in the back straightaway and came to a stop at the gap in the back straightaway where you can exit the racetrack. The back of his car was just just barely on the racetrack. Vogel clipped him as officials decided to yellow flag the race. And that's as the rain started coming down. So with four to go, they said, okay, that's it. Hmm. Uh, Vogel ended up finishing in the third spot despite ripping the uh, right rear com- almost completely off of that race car. Man, um, yeah, he so to uh, after giving up his front row starting spot. Yeah, he uh, did not have good luck the next night <laughs> and actually ended up in his heat race, getting into an incident, and he didn't make the A main. Oh, so man. he had to and had to really scramble to get that car back together to okay. race the next night in. Uh, he put on a show, uh, I will say, going 27th to 3rd. Um, I passed about that many cars on the way to the racetrack <laughs> trying to get there on time. And, yeah, he did that all in 20-some in, uh, laps or something like that. It was it was an incredible race to watch. Everyone was running the bottom. He went all the way up to the top and was running the wall the entire time. And just you could see him pick off car after car. And I was... I was not on the call for that one. The great Ron Krogh was. So I was sitting there watching that, just just lo- loving every minute yeah, of it. You just got to sit back and enjoy. That was great. Um, uh, and it, unfortunately, it ended early. It, okay. it, it, but, you know, so is life. Yeah. Um, after a, that three-hour rain delay, the Midwest Modifieds came out next. Hometown hero Travis Sauer had the had uh, won this event in the past, but never at his home track. He'd only won it out at the... Uh, um, uh, down in here on South Dakota when it was down there for many years. Um, so he really wanted to get this one. He's from Elizabeth, uh, Minnesota, so just you know a few miles down the road from, yep. from the racetrack. Uh, Sauer dominated in the feature and got the win over the Nightmare Lucas Rodine and Mike Nichols, who, again, completed that great comeback after rolling his car. Uh, then it was on to the Mod Fours. Tommy Bodden got the win over Robert Holtquist and Skylar Smith. Then the Iceman, Jimmy Mars, dominated the uh, late model feature winning over the Hamlet Hammer, Don Shaw, and Pat Dorr. Then it was Trevor Nelson outdueling the Ironman, Shane Sabraski, and William Lund to win in the Super Stocks. And that was a good one, too. Uh, between, I mean, Shane Sabraski is probably the smoothest and cleanest driver I've ever seen in this area. You have to be with the, with uh, how many wins he's got. Yeah. Only 820. O- only 820. <laughs> he's figuring it out. Yeah. he's he's He, he might have a future in the sport. <laughs> Um, yeah, so he got second place there, and then Sabraski hopped into his modified and went to work on defending national champion Tyler Peterson, and Peterson was able to hold off Sabraski and Johnny Broking to win his first Wasota 100, and uh, so that was that was pretty good. You know, the Hickson native winning the winning the Wasota 100. Fun week. 
He, it was a really fun week, yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot. Yeah, oh, I bet. I bet seven, it was. Seven races in six days, that was uh, that was quite the haul. A, a lot for everybody. Everybody probably went home and took a nice nap, I would I would guess. I didn't even feel like I slept the next day <laughs> when I got home. <laughs> oh, man, that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot. That, that's uh, it's it a, lot, was, a lot of driving. It was ambitious for me, you know. Yeah. You know last year of my 30s, so I might as well, you know, try to go out with a bang. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we moved on to the World of Outlaws then. That we, I guess we have to back up to the World of Outlaws Friday, September the 16th, the Tom Tarleton Classic Keller Auto Speedway in Hanford, California. I think you're starting to get what my uh, what, how my brain works now <laughs> by looking at how I wrote these things in here because it's not in, not in chronological order. It's more of a stream of conscience today. <laughs> Uh, Logan Shootheart, he was able to outrace his cousin uh, Jacob Allen to get the win on Friday night. James McFadden finished in the third spot. Donnie Schatz had a tough night finishing in the 23rd position. I haven't had a chance to rewatch that race yet, as obviously I was busy uh, this l- the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, next up uh, for, the, for the Outlaws, they'll be at the uh, Before the Crowns Showdown at Eldora Speedway in Rossburg, Ohio. That'll be on Friday, September 23rd. Saturday, September 24th, the Sharon Speedway in Hartford, Ohio will be their uh, next race after that one. That's the track owned by Dave Blaney. Ah, very cool. Blaniac since day one. Blaniac, that's you. All right, we had some NASCAR action. Here's some audio from NASCAR.com. And now the white flag is out. One more time around for Chris Buescher here at Bristol. Two more turns for the Bass Pro Shops. Night race. Chris Buescher will win his second Cup Series race, and it happens in Bristol. Oh, yeah! Yeah! That's awesome. Good job, guys. So tires were a big story Saturday night at the Bristol Motor Speedway. A lot of right front tires went down, causing many problems throughout the night, especially for people that were in the playoffs. Uh, that actually killed quite a bit of chances and eliminated a few people from the uh, playoff uh, hunt. Uh, Chris Busher became the 19th different winner of the year, snapping a 222 race streak or winless streak for his second win of his career. That's an awful lot of twos. That's a <laughs> the, um, the deuce. Yeah. Call, him, call him the deuce. Can we can we make up a nickname for him? Just call him the deuce. The deuce. Yeah. yeah. Well, we might have to figure that one out. Maybe maybe we'll see if that'll that'll stick. <laughs> Um, the win ties the record for the most winners of the year in the uh, modern era of NASCAR racing. So if they get another one, hey, congratulations. Uh, who gets to keep the award, though, for, for getting the record? I don't, does, does anybody get to? I don't I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't even remember the last time we had 19 different winners. <laughs> uh, but Busher became the, also the third straight driver to win who is not in the playoffs. Um, in the first three races of the playoffs, none of the playoff uh, racers have won. Chase Elliott finished in the second spot. William Byron finished in third. Christopher Bell finished in fourth. And Kyle Larson finished in the fifth spot. Uh, Elliott is the point leader with 15 points ahead of Joey Logano. 20 points ahead of Ross Chastain, your boy there, mm-hmm. in third. Then 21 ahead of Kyle Larson. 25 ahead of William Byron. 27 ahead of uh, Denny Hamlin. 27 also ahead of uh, Christopher Bell and Ryan Blaney. And then uh, 31 ahead of Chase Briscoe. 33 ahead of uh, Alex Bowman and Daniel Suarez. Uh, 34 ahead of Austin Sindrick. Uh, Austin Sindrick 
Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Austin Dillon, and Kevin Harvick, I believe, were all eliminated from the playoffs. Okay, so now we're on to the next little round. Yep, out there, the Texas Motor Speedway, Sunday, September 25th. Another track that I've seen. Haven't had the chance to actually wa- watch a race there yet, but I've I've been to the complex. Okay, I've never I've never been there, but uh, that that was that would be a fun one. It's big. Yeah, I mean, I I got to spend a, about a. A combined uh, month and a half of my life over at the Bristol Motor Speedway. So, <laughs> so you know that one pretty well. <laughs> yeah. It was weird seeing it without dirt. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> All right. So uh, we mentioned it earlier. We had an injury. Uh, the unintentional rollover contest. What are the updates in that? Well, we added a lot to them. We added three more. Our 30th entrant of the year into three the... Zero. Three zero. And and actually last year, I was, I was going through my notes... And right around this time last year, we had over 40. So uh, uh, thankfully, they're slacking off a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, with his uh, 4.1 complete role on a Wednesday at the Red River Valley Speedway, Alex Clark became the 30th entrance, uh, entrant. Again, he suffered a broken wrist, but he'll be okay as he made $564 in the rollover front. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following night, Mike Nichols flipped a one and a half times to score six points the I-94 Sure Step Speedway in Fergus Falls, and, and again, able to rebound by winning a qualifying feature and w- finishing third in the big show in the next two days. The worst one of the week, though, happened on Friday night, though. Chuck Swenson barrel rolled his late model down the back straightaway at the uh, I-94 Sure Step Speedway for a total of four times. And he landed on every hard part of the race car, too. Yeah. There was no give in that thing. I think that's only happened one other time this year. Is that right? Am I right about that? Uh, that's not the current leader. We do have someone that went four and a half. Oh, was it four and a half? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but he scored 16 points. And that's, that's enough. So in a, he did this in a late model. Um, uh, the first car this year that had a... A sixteen point roll was at Bristol and it was one of the it was one of the Hornets. Okay. So it was a front wheel drive four cylinder car, and this one's <laughs> the the uh, biggest eight cylinder car that we have out there. So impressive yeah. nonetheless. Uh Swenson was very sore. Um he's kind of getting up there in age too. So he's he, and he used to race sprint cars, so he's used to flipping. Sure. But it's it still hurts. Yeah. Especially when you hit in as hard as he was. And he was taken in for observation, but will be okay. That's good. Good, he's all right. So that was a lot, a lot going on, but there's more coming up. What's happening next? Well, we have uh, Friday, September 23rd. We'll have the 51st Jamestown Stock Car Stampede at the Jamestown Speedway. Uh, Granite City Motor Park a Piston Cup in Sock Rapids will be going on as well, Sock Rapids, Minnesota. Then um, on Saturday, September 24th, the 51st uh, Jamestown Stock Car Stampede at the Jamestown Speedway. And uh, the Granite City Motor Park Piston Cup in Sock Rapids again. All right. Uh, we have on the line here, we have Tim uh, Tim Baldwin. You are the uh, owner and promoter of the Jamestown Speedway. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for uh, taking some time to come on here for Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap podcast. Um, you got a big event coming up. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about how, how's the season been going for you out at the Jamestown Speedway? You know, honestly, it's been really good. It's been a just a good all-around season. We've had good racetracks and good crowds and good car counts and good sponsor support, and it's just been a it's been a good year. It's been a you know not 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 a super spectacular year, but um, just definitely in in every way possible, it's been been a good good year. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, I really, really like to really like to hear that because obviously Jamestown Speedway, one of those tracks that's near and dear to my heart because I had a really good uh, 
several years working out there for you and Allison. Um, and uh, it's it's nice to hear that you guys are having a pretty good year out there. Um, so coming up, though, you have a big event this weekend, and it is your big blow-off at the end of the year like we've had. It's the 51st Stock Car Stampede. Do you want to talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, this is our, um, this is kind of the highlight of our season. We uh, kind of spend a lot of time all year leading up to this and kind of start planning for the next one as soon as this, as soon as last year's was over. So, um, no, this year we're, we're real excited. We got the same classes as last year. We did something different this year. We, it's the stock car stampede. So we finally added the IMCA stock car series with us this year. And then of course all our regular classes and um, just uh just a real fun time. You know, we start off Thursday night. We've got a, a cornhole tournament deal on DJ and some inflatable games for the kids and things like that. Thursday night is kind of a, a kickoff party out at the fairgrounds. And then Friday, we got heats and a qualifying feature. And Saturday, we'll we'll pick it back up at 5 o'clock with some more qualifying features and, and feature races uh, Saturday night. So um, just just really looking forward to it. It's a, just a... Um, good way to end the year. I think this is kind of a, you know, not to overstate our, our impact on North Dakota or anything in racing, but it's just a, I mean, this is kind of our chance to, to bring everybody together in the racing world or, you know, as many people as possible. And, you know, from different parts of the state and different parts of the region and, you know, different classes and sanctioning bodies and just have a, have a good weekend, get everybody together and host them. And, uh, you know, we do, we do breakfast on Saturday morning for everybody that's camping out there and there's a vendor show and there's a Wilhelm's car uh, dealership in town has a car show and a 5k color run deal Saturday morning. So it's, it's really a big community event. I mean, the racing plus the community really gets into it too. So no, it's uh, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, I always like to call it uh, North Dakota's longest racing tradition is, you know, 51 years. I don't think there's any racing event that has been going on for 51 consecutive years and i've been going now this uh for 20 years now will be since the first one that i ever made it to yeah it was 20 20 years ago out of the uh jamestown speedway and it's always fun it, i've never had a bad night out there i mean i i actually wrecked a, a mini bike at my friend's house that lives in town there in jamestown one time and ended up breaking <laughs> a tailbone and i still had a great time <laughs> so yeah, yeah. actually it'd be 20 years since i did that now that i think about it <laughs> oh wow yeah no well hopefully that doesn't happen to you this year but hopefully you come over and have a good time I, i'm getting more and more fragile as the years go by so i'm not taking as many uh, risks as i used to so well, i got that going for me well, <laughs> we both turned 40 this year right so we're gonna have to gonna have to cool it down yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah, everything kind of gets started a little bit, you know, on Wednesdays when you have like the move-in day, so to speak, as far as the campers go, right? Yeah, Wednesday at noon, we open the campers. Um, and that's when we, we like to not have haulers until then. That's when the haulers kind of start showing up and lining up. And um, yeah, and it's it's always amazing to me how many people, I mean, I'm thankful, but just amazing how many people actually come on Wednesday um and and set the campers up and hang out there from then on it's it's really cool and then you know the other thing is we got there's a motocross thing going on out there at the fairgrounds too so it's going to be a it's going to be a real like real happening place yeah i've i've saw the uh facebook uh page that was called jamestown the motorsports capital of north dakota 
And usually there is a lot of things going on in that town. I know you guys have drag racing. That's going to be, uh, that happens out at the, um, at, at the airport out there. And there's talks and I believe there's, there's uh, plans to actually build a permanent facility for drag racing not too far away from the Jamestown Speedway, correct? Yeah, that's actually a pretty exciting thing for Jamestown. The, uh, they've got the land and the location and kind of the layout and everything. It's just, uh, yeah, and, and not too far, yeah, it's on the bypass there by Jamestown. And yeah, that's, um, that's pretty exciting that, you know, that's going to come. It sounds like it's going to come to fruition here before too long. And, but yeah, mud drags and the racetrack and the, the RC cars is also a really cool thing in Jamestown. That's going to be pretty, pretty neat. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, all kinds of stuff in Jamestown if you're into cars and hanging out with people. And in the past, they've had uh, Buffalo City Karting also just right off of turn number four out there. Um, they're, they're still kind of in a holding pattern right now. But is there any talks about that maybe starting back up again? You know, I don't know. There's always talks. Yeah. Um, I think it's right now. It's just I think the kids that were into it are all racing legend cars and slingshots. And uh, one of them actually racing in the late model, Greg Moore. So, um <laughs> that moved on and just, I don't know, but that's kind of how that club has gone over the years. It kind of comes and goes and, you know, families, kids grow up, you know, so, and then other kids get involved. I, 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 I'm my personal wish, I mean, as a dirt track person, I maybe shouldn't say this, but I, I wish there was a way to pave that thing. You know, I think if we could, one of the challenging parts of that track is, you know, it's track prep and it's work and it's sensitive to the rain and everything, you know, so it's just, uh, I, I've always thought it'd be really cool to have a paved go-kart track, kind of like Fargo has, and you could race on a Monday night and not be so sensitive to the weather and things, but it's just never, hasn't panned out for them yet, I guess. I, I know I've uh, personally had some opportunities to, I've I've done a few laps out at the uh, Jamestown go-kart track, and um, I, I'm not very good on dirt. Uh, <laughs> I, I made it look really difficult. <laughs> Because it is, it's not, you know, it's not easy to race. You've done it yourself in the past. Uh, why don't we, why don't we kind of go back into that a little bit? Uh, you know, where did your racing experience start and, and uh, what got you into it? And, and what have you raced in the past? Oh boy. Way, I mean, way back in the day, I raced a street stock from like 1999 to like 2004. And I, um, it was like four or five years somewhere in there. And I, I just, you know, I just joked with Joanne not too long ago on a Facebook post. I was like, this is like the 18th year of my two year break from racing. So, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. I just, we just kind of, for us, it just got, it didn't really come from a racing family other than there was a, I think there was a gentleman that my mom worked with back in the day who raced a bomber car out here when we were kids. And we just went to see him and see what it was all about and I don't know we just kind of as a family got hooked on it and it kind of became our thing to go to the races and then got the race car and then took the uh I was going to be smart in that race when I was in college and save some money and then I Joanne and Don and Keith roped me into helping at the track and then I just kind of one thing led to another and started off as the tech person and I just kind of started helping with everything and then when you know Don and Joanne and Keith were kind of looking to retire and get out and I um just kind of happened I guess to 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 the promoter part I mean I I was always interested in it and uh I mean honestly I kind of was hoping it would have been like five ten years later I probably would have been a little more prepared for it but um you know Keith Keith and Joanne and Don just been such a amazing help and everything but yeah just kind of 
one of those things it's you know racing's easy to get addicted to i mean the people that rental on the excitement and the you know it just brings so many people together from different geographical areas and different just groups social groups and different parts of you know it's just you meet so many so many interesting people and i mean that's probably the biggest part that's addicted me to it is just the the people side of it and you know there's not many hobbies that are like that you know if you're into golfing or fishing or anything you know it's i mean those are fun too but um they don't have the people aspect that racing has or that motorsports in general has i don't think yeah, that's definitely a good point. Uh, I, I agree with you totally on that. That's one of my favorite things about racing uh, is the people. I mean, the hanging out afterwards, that's that's usually some of the most fun. That's almost as fun as actually being at the races and watching the racing action happen. Uh, Tim Baldwin is our guest here on the Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap podcast. He is the owner-promoter of the Jamestown Speedway the Jamestown Stock Car Stampede, the 51st edition of the Stock Car Stampede is this weekend. Uh, Tim, um, going back to all the many times uh, you've probably been to the Stock Car Stampede, uh, do you have any any memories that really stick out as far as, you know, some some big memories or maybe even some funny memories? Oh, there's, yeah, there's all kinds of memories. The, uh, the, I mean, my selfish, I joke this in my Al Bundy moment in racing, you know, out the old <laughs> talked about his football moment, you know, throwing a touchdown when he was in high school. And my, my Al Bundy moment with racing is when I made the feature, I won the heat race, me and Luke Nelson raced side by side for like the whole 10 laps of the feature. And I nosed him out to make it in the feature back in, oh boy, like 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. That's my, that's my shellfish memory. I always go back to, I guess. And I always joke with that one because, you know, I do the track prep now and that's one thing that's easy to get a lot of guff on if you don't get it right. And I always joke with that one in that race, there was a giant hole in turn four and I was just, you had to hit turn four just right in order to miss that and keep your momentum going. And I, on the last lap, Luke, Luke got by me and I, I was like, I'm just going to hit that hole and see they're going to blow the tire. I'm going to win the race. And I won the race. (laughs) And you right, but no. Other than that, there's so many, you know, the interesting things that happen and the, you know, challenges you have. It's um, it's one of those weekends. There's always curveballs that get thrown our way, you know, with weather or with scheduling and, you know, with the the people aspects of it. And um, you know, it's just uh, I don't know. That's kind of what makes it fun, though. I mean, that's one thing I learned that from Keith Vile. I always used to say, you know, the interesting parts are when, you know, when things aren't going so good. That's what makes it fun. But um, no, I don't know. You know, the 45th when Keith brought everybody back and, and um, you know, handed out those awards and we had some of the, the real legends out there, you know, when Johnny, you know, Johnny Cesar was out there, but that weekend we had Jack McDonald out there. And I, I think Lou Kennedy senior was there, um, you know, and just some, some people like that. And I know there's one picture that's Bob Simmers and I think Johnny C and uh, Jack McDonald. And I think Terry Volts was in there all talking at that 45th deal. And that was, you know, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's, those moments are kind of what make you realize what a big deal this is, you know, that you're a part of in terms of the tradition and things where, you know, you get some of those people who were there from the past mixing with the new people. And um, yeah, so yeah, lots of good. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I wish I could say some of the memories that I had, uh, some of my favorite memories of the stampede, but I don't know when the statute of limitations will actually run out. Oh, <laughs> Race too. They're 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 good, but probably not for the podcast. 
And, and I know it is a podcast, but you never know. We don't want to push that boundary too much. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, kind of go over it a little bit again here. Um, yeah, Friday and Saturday's the racing action. Um, and uh, again, let's let's go over what classes we have here because I mean, you're bringing in a lot of different classes. Um, so just kind of yeah, run run through quick and just kind of say well, what are we running and what what can people expect. Oh boy, I should know this because I made the trophies last night and I had to make all the plates for them. So I think I got them down. The uh, we got our of course our local bomber rules. So the Jamestown bombers or Jamestown pier stocks will be out there. Um, and then we've got for the Wysota classes, we've got Wysota street stocks, Wysota Midwest modifieds, and Wysota late models. Um, and then on the IMCA side, we've got IMCA sport mods, IMCA stock cars, IMCA modifieds. And then the INEX Legend cars, which my goodness, those Legend cars have had some amazing races this summer. Uh, all of our classes have, but those little cars are sometimes crazy. They go three, four wide on a regular night, and it's like, holy cow, you never know who's going to win. Um, and then, of course, last one is the slingshots. And uh, the slingshots have been really cool. We've got two young young guys, um, Gavin Edinger and, and Trip Nelson, have been going like door-to-door -door friendly battles in there but they they get going crazy in those slingshots they do slide jobs on each other and they race like that's uh, that's gonna be really cool and I, I think rumor has it they're both going to bombers next year so that's gonna be a fun one to watch but no but anyway that's the nine classes we have um total and uh some really cool 44 inch tall trophies that go to the champions whenever that gets done so um so so yeah we'll be We'll be excited. Well, I know I'm definitely excited. Um, and uh, I know there's a lot of people that are going to be excited too, that are going to be coming out there. It's one of the great racing get togethers and one of the, the greatest uh, traditions in all of North Dakota motorsports, especially. So um, you know, I suppose that'll, that'll do it all for, uh, for, uh, for this podcast here. Thank you for taking some time here. And I know we had some issues with uh getting phone calls we had to do this is plan c or d or f or something like that for me to actually finally get a hold of you so i appreciate you coming on and doing this show and uh, this weekend uh, i really hope everything goes up goes really well and if it doesn't i hope it's really interesting <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect way to say it thank you for having us on all right the thanks thing, the only thing i expect you Corey, i'm not the owner i'm a co-owner of the speedway with my wife, Allison. I could not do this without her and all of our families. So just meant to mention that earlier, I'm mentioning it to you. <laughs> yeah, um, who, who else, uh, uh, do you have anybody else you'd like to thank here? Cause I know you, you can't just do it alone. This is one of those things where you have, a, you have a great team behind you oh. and a lot of great people that work at the Jamestown Speedway. Oh my goodness, yeah. You know, this year we were, not to go off on a tangent at the end, but this was really, um, we were really nervous about this year because we lost four people over the winter. Three people passed away and, and another, you know, Chuck Christ had his stroke, so kind of took him out of commission for this year. But, um, you know, Denny Qual, Gus Miller, and uh, Jake Deacon were the three we lost and then Chuck. But, yeah, I mean, this year has just been absolutely amazing. Um, you know, we've had Stacy Little and Joanne Dieterle do, like, an amazing job with everything registration-wise. And Stacy helps with anything from – cleaning to organizing to getting things set up for the stampede and Keith is still out there and 
you know, Brian Smith, our longtime flag man, still out there helping us out. And we've got like a really amazing group of record drivers and officials and safety crew right now. Um, and uh, actually picked up a couple new officials this year. And no, it's just, uh, I probably shouldn't have started naming names. I'm not meaning to leave anybody out, but it's just kind of, that's one of the things I, I say a lot to the, to the guys and gals that help us is just the last two or three years have just been, just been really great. Like it feels like the old Jamestown Speedway from 15, 20 years ago, where we've got a really, really amazing group of people that everybody kind of pulls together and meshes together and everybody's good at what they do. And it's just a really fun time to be, to be out there and be a part of the Jamestown Speedway right now. And that's mainly because of the people that are involved. Well, Tim, uh, thanks again for, uh, for joining us here uh, today. And uh, we'll get this podcast up here as soon as possible. And, and again, best of luck this weekend. And I hope this is a great, great weekend of the uh, Jamestown Stampede as always. Yeah, thanks, Greg. All right. So there's all the action that's fit to dish for this uh, episode. You're still doing checkers and wreckers on Friday mornings, right? 640? That's correct. The number one uh, racing radio show in all of Fargo-Moorhead. Yes, sir, it is. So that is 640 every Friday morning with the KFGO Morning Crew. You can find that on the mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. And, hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap, let a friend know. Get signed up so that you can always get notified when new episodes come out. Share it around. Uh, we have fun, and we're hoping you're having fun, too. So for Corey Litton, I'm Ryan Janke. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time for Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap.